Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. The World Rally Championship is back with new cars, hybrid technology, and my goodness, after two rounds of the championship, you need to be following rally this year. Now, lots of people tune into the Autosport Podcast because we cover like the magazine and the website, all forms of motorsport. But there tends to be a lot of Formula One around. And so, if you are not into your rally, we'll tell you on the podcast today why the first two rounds, Sweden was last weekend, was so good. And why there could be a new star in town just at the beginning of his rally career and about to blow the championship wide open. Now, we put a lot of content out on our rally podcast. So, first of all, if you're a rally fan and you're not already subscribed to Gravel Notes, What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Search your podcast app for Gravel Notes and you'll find that for all our rally podcasts. We don't post everything here on the Autosport channel, but we will today. 21-year-old Finnish driver Kali Rovanperä had his third rally win and the first one of the year with a dominant victory on the ice and the snow, the dramatic scenes of Sweden. And I'm here with our rally man, Tom Howard, to talk all about it. You've just got back. Well, we're recording this on Tuesday morning because you got back late last night. How was travel and stuff like that for you flying back from Sweden? 
Yeah, absolutely. No problems. Um, I know there were some problems with British Airways uh, affected our F1 team, but luckily by then uh, they'd all cleared up. So it was a relatively smooth uh, couple of flights back, given that uh, well, I was in the middle of nowhere really in Sweden. So I had to get a, an internal flight uh, back to Stockholm. But uh, yeah, no, lovely, uh, lovely trip back. And from our preview podcast, all the listeners want to know, did the thermal underwear do its job? <laughs> i tell you what, it's an absolute... Uh, it, I'm so glad I, I spent the money. Uh, I'm so glad. Like it, it was minus nine most days. Uh, that's the coldest I've ever been. Um, and yeah, to be walking around uh, in without that, I think I would have really struggled. So uh, an absolute stroke of genius there to go and uh, purchase that. So uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still very much uh, alive and functioning. <laughs> All right, now our listeners have got plenty to hear from you about today: a flying fin and a flying finish as well. I almost don't know where to start. Now, you said on the preview podcast again, you know, any rally is going to have to go some to beat Monty round one. And we'd agree with you for that. But this was a hell of a follow-up act, wasn't it? What a great weekend of rally. A brilliant follow-up act, as you say. And, um, you know, there were some sort of a bit, uh, I guess, some fears that wouldn't, wouldn't quite live up to what was at Monty. And Monty was was something special. And I think we should just put that to one side forever, really, as a as a one-off this was very good what we had at the weekend but not quite uh, Monte Carlo levels but uh, what we did see was an absolutely fascinating uh, battle uh, for three days unfortunately it kind of it kind of petered out on Sunday but Friday was an absolute joy to watch six cars all in contention with 10 seconds separating them incredible really and and to see Hyundai back on the pace what a turnaround they produced because after Monte Carlo it was an absolute horror show they were on the pace they, were, they even won the first stage of Sweden and we were like okay right, they are here to party so <laughs> yeah. um they are back and uh, they were definitely back so it was a it was a great rally uh mid, midway through Saturday we had 3.2 seconds covering the top four that was how close it was so it was a really brilliant event, I'd say. A, a good call to move it north from its old venue in Karlstad. Lots and lots of snow in this new uh, Umea region. Brilliant event. And uh, I have to say hats off to Cali Rivenpera, the winner. That was a, in many ways, and I, I said this in a feature that uh, will go live today, this could be his perhaps his most telling victory because he did it by opening the road. So now he's now he's chalked off that off his list of winning a rally by starting it first on the road, which is the hardest thing to do and something that Sebastian Ogier has made an art form of. So to now tick that off, this is all he really probably needed to prove to, to be an actual title contender now. So uh, it was a marvellous drive. Obviously, he's familiar with the conditions, being a Finn, but take nothing away from him. It was uh, an excellent performance to be to end Friday after opening the road in second, 4.3 seconds after you know behind Neville, marvellous achievement really was what did it for him really was Saturday's night stages he was simply superb the footage is incredible which we posted on social media of him just full on the limit at night in the snow narrow roads it's just mind-blowing even Carlos Sainz the the two-time world champion commented on social media saying that this is this is special like what we're seeing here and uh, yeah it, it was so um, ultimately Rovenpera won on Sunday by 22 seconds, quite a margin over Neville, who 
obviously super happy to get a podium for Hyundai after the the round they had at Monte Carlo, but you had to feel for Elfin Evans because he pushed Cali all the way on Saturday, as I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more in detail. He mm. had quite a bizarre moment uh, and then a subsequent penalty. And on Sunday, it all sort of fell apart for him. So uh, an, an awesome rally, but there's plenty of talking points. Yeah, we, get on to, we will get on to Evans because it was almost a case of, well, do we start with Robin Pera or do we, which was the, the stunning victory, or do we start with Evans, which was going into it, some would have made him their favourite. Ah, it was one that he, he needs to compartmentalise and just never think about this weekend again once he's fully processed. But we will get on to him in a second. Look, let's talk about Cali Rovenpera. First of all, 21 years old, grown up in a rally family. I don't see 21 as being particularly young in a greater motorsports uh, kind of context. We see plenty of amazing drives from teenagers in a rally perspective. And I guess coming after granddad winning in Monte Carlo, the kid has won in in Sweden, which for a 21 year old to, to win Rally Sweden, if people understand listening to this, maybe on the Autosport podcast channel, they're more of a lighter rally fan. It's a really, really big deal for him to do it in a dominant way to an didn't need to announce that he's here. He won two rallies last two rounds last year, but to do that in a way which was so dominant, so controlled. And is it fair to say so much of a mature, composed drive as well should probably worry the rest of the field. I think the, the rest of the field will be worried after this. And we've all known about the talent that Cali Robinpera has had for for the last few years. And last year, he really burst on the scene by by winning those two rallies and becoming the youngest ever winner of a WRC event. And as you say, in rally, it's slightly different. Like drivers take longer to to reach their peak in rallying it's such a difficult discipline you know for example the current youngest ever world champion uh what is and is still colin mccray the late uh colin mccray and he did that at the age of 27 which is you think is actually quite old but in rally that is kind of how it works you don't really sort of peak in uh, to your powers until you sort of hit your your late 20s early 30s as we see with like elf and evans for example Okay, well, you kindly hit record on your camera's microphone in the press conference. So we've got some really good audio, actually, of him speaking uh, just for a minute or so about uh, his win, how he felt about it, what it was like driving on the snow and the ice. Let me just play this quickly in now. It was a weekend where I really wanted to, to do well. And, uh, and yeah, starting first in Friday was a bit... Uh, bit difficult to really know where we will end up uh, end of Friday, but, yeah... It seemed that we we could manage the Friday also quite well, and and we were not far away from the from the first place on Friday evening, and and after that we could start to start to fight back and and do some good jobs. So yeah, overall really enjoyable event and quite uh, quite good pace all the week. And I didn't need to to push over the limit. I didn't feel feel at any point that I need to do something crazy. Um, so it was a bit surprise even for me. Um, yeah, other than that, for sure, we have always small moments here and there where you, where you are a bit over the limit. But uh, the whole weekend, we didn't have any any big mistakes. So I would say I'm, I'm really happy for that. So yeah, to do what he's doing at 21 is is phenomenal. It really is. He he, in my eyes, he will dominate the sport. He will go on to dominate the sport for a long time. There's no question about it. He's got everything in his arsenal to do that. And uh, what I really liked about Cali's performance in Sweden was it was extremely controlled, but 
also incredibly fast and took risks where he knew he could take risks. So he was a very mature drive. And also, I think it's worth highlighting that on Sunday, my uh, sort of respect for him goes uh, goes up uh, massively because the service part was kind of skirting around the issues that are currently go- going on in Ukraine. But Cali made that pretty clear. It was in his thoughts with his uh, speech after winning the event and saying that, you know, he didn't think he could celebrate this because of what is going on there. And no one was really brave enough to sort of come out and speak about it. And he he did that without being prompted. Yeah, I've actually got the quote. I I, I dug out the quote. It doesn't feel great to celebrate too much. It's been a really difficult weekend for people in Ukraine. And I wish them strength and hope. It's all I can do at this moment was his quote. Now, of course, Finland's got a big land border with Russia. And of course, you know, for those that know uh, worldwide listeners of this podcast, of course, but, you know, if you go back in history, Finland has had to defend itself from Russia in the past. But here is someone, like, I try and think back to when I was 21. I was no way able to make a mature statement like that. This wasn't testing, like Formula One had testing. And so there's less pressure. You know, Vettel was able to say what he had. Max Verstappen, for instance, the new world champion in Formula One, gave, I thought, a very champion's response. But this was testing that they had in Barcelona last week. And there's less pressure. In a Formula One weekend, in that you know, white heat of competition. I don't think Formula One drivers would have spoken the way they did. Maybe, they, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing a bit of disservice. I don't know. But, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Like, yeah, but this was in the white heat of competition. He just won. He crossed the line. There was no jumping on top of the car. This is a sport that people look up to, not just kids looking up to, but we look at our sportsmen and women to to inspire us, to take a lead, whether that is through their dedication to sport there you know you know what they'll do to to win but in cases like this this is where sport is important it's not just going racing at the weekend as a bit of entertainment it's really important was that recognized when you were in sweden what he you know did other people notice what you noticed was what i'm, I'm trying to ask absolutely absolutely yeah i think when we when we all heard that in the media room uh live everyone sort of was quite Quite, I guess, in a way, kind of proud that someone had come out and just said that because I think everyone was feeling a little bit uneasy uh, at times. And to have the, the the sort of consciousness to do that just after finishing, um, I, I just found that very impressive. And, and, and he is a great role model, isn't he? I mean, like, I have to admire it. I just have to admire it. Like, very, very, very well said. Mm. And I think it was the right thing to say. And I just think you couldn't really... You just it just wouldn't have felt right celebrating normally. There had to be something, um, you know, some actions. And to the to their credit, the FIA at the the podium in in the city centre of Umeå, they actually um, had a or what they called a uh, a moment of solidarity for Ukraine. Okay, so it was a sort of a minute silence uh, type of thing when they called uh, Ruffin Pera onto the ramp to f- officially collect his trophy because when. When he said what he said, that was once he just crossed the stage finish line. It wasn't actually at the official podium, so to speak. So my admiration for Kelly Robinberry is, is, is sky high at the moment. Really impressed by that. And uh, it was a very nice story in a way that um, he won the event that his father, Harry Robinberry, had won uh, in 2001. And that was Harry's only ever WRC victory. So a nice like father, like son moment. What a talent he is. There's plenty of articles out there about... 
you know, famous dynasties in motor racing, you know, whether it's in, you know, IndyCar or Formula One or father and sons and, you know, father and daughters, you know, rallying and stuff like that. But there is a sense to him that he has grown up in racing one of those countries where people start very young, racing on frozen lakes and stuff like that. Anyone from the Nordic countries, if they're in racing, they have not only started young, but they tend to have an understanding of their position in the world. Maybe it's because you live so close to death. I don't know. that They, they, they think about it a lot because you do. Like you say, they, he, he, he's so wise beyond his years. I'm glad that was reflected. I almost feel bad m- not talking about Neuville and Lappy in second and third because I think the story of Rovan Perra winning needs to be told alongside the story of Evans. Tell us how his weekend spiralled out of his control. Really strong Friday, really strong Friday. Um, and he needed to get a result after Monty where he made a uncharacteristic error and lost the podium. Uh, it was a light, you know, a certain podium really. So on the back foot coming into Sweden, needed a result. Performed brilliantly on Friday. Led the rally up until the final stage actually on Friday before Neville um, took it away from him as uh, as Elfin struggled with a bit of tyre wear. Um, it dropped into third actually on on the end of at the end of Friday. But Saturday took the fight to to Robin Perra. Really strong. Um, but then the final stage on Saturday was the start of his downfall. And uh, it will probably go down as one of the, the craziest, most bizarre stage finishes you will ever see. And um, so what happened was Evans had come into the, it was a spectator stage. So lots of, uh, lots of crowd in to watch. And there was a big crowd there um, and uh, a very tight corner to end the, to end the stage in front of the, the pack crowd in this arena. And uh, he's coming a little bit too hot. And he's clipped a quite soft snowbank, which has dragged the car in. And not, uh, you know, it, the presence of mind was excellent. So he floored the throttle because the only way to get out of this is to absolutely mash the throttle as hard as possible and uh, powered through this snowbank and then sort of Dukes of Hazard style went over the top of the snowbank and um, ended up sort of crashing into the finish line and cutting the time beam. He only lost 2.6 seconds to Robin Perrell, which, which was remarkable. Uh, but it was a, a yeah, quite a uh, Hollywood movie type finish. Um, and uh, so then that all seemed fine. Um, and he was the other side of the road. So he then had to sort of trundle, I'd say, along the side of the stage finish road to the stop control line. Um, well, he had crashed over it, the snowbank. There's no way yeah. to get back onto... No, he can't, he can't reverse. You're right. He can't reverse. There's no he's way the to reverse. wrong side he's of the snowbank. Right, yeah. He's, he's like, got to go yeah. this way. Um, anyway, so that all seemed fine. I spoke to him afterwards and he was like, yeah, um, he, he said there was no panic. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there was panic, but he said, yeah, there was no panic. It'll be fine. Um, but then late that night, uh, he's called to the stewards. And in fact, this actually disturbed, he'd gone to bed. So he'd actually gone to bed and was asleep and had to be woken up and, and go back to the stewards room. Uh, where it's determined that uh, he gained an advantage by doing that uh, finish, uh, which he disagrees with, and so does the team, uh, because he's he was said that he was already lost time to to Cali on the stage. There's no way he could have gained time by doing that. And then uh, he didn't follow the defined route to the stop line after the finish line because he couldn't reverse back onto the onto the stage, so to speak. And he says. That he did that because for safety reasons. Because if I if he tried to reverse, he could have blocked the stage, 
and he could have, you know, injured some media or, you know, it, it could have, you know, for safety reasons, it made sense to do what he did. Uh, unfortunately, the stewards didn't see that and they gave him a 10 second penalty, which meant that an 8.3 deficit to Cali turned into an 18.3. So it's effectively game over, really, when you've only got four stages on Sunday to, to sort of, you know, gather that time back. Um, and then on Sunday, he's pushing hard, first stage of the day. He makes a, into a long left-hander, makes a, the car snaps, hits a snowbank, does a big 360, damages the front, bursts the radiator. He managed to get out and fix that himself and then uh, got going uh, only for the lights to the active lights not to appear on his hybrid system. Now, in this situation, under the new regulations, the team have to retire the car because it, they're not sure if the hybrid system is safe or not. So there's a red and, and a green light. It's a red and a green light. There's two ways that. So this was the second similar occasion. One we'll get onto in a minute is Oik Tanak had a very similar situation on Friday, where a red warning light appeared on his hybrid, despite his car being absolutely fine and finishing second on that stage. Uh, the team has to retire the car because uh, the hybrid system may not be safe for the crew to carry on, and they only get the the all clear if the hybrid unit supplies compact dynamics and the FIA can tell them that it's fine. And unfortunately, they can't do that in, in a time quick enough, so you have to retire the car. So complete disaster for Tanak because he was in the mix. He was second at that point. And what happened with Elfin's case was he had no active lights on his hybrid. So he wasn't sure if it was safe or not, whether it was working or not. And under those regulations as well, he has to retire the car. So even though it's still working and still completely fine, uh, that meant that he was his rally was over couldn't even come back for the power stage to salvage some points so an absolute disaster but really in truth it was out of Elfin's control because you kind of feel for him on the penalty the penalty was unfair Yari Matti Latvala said it was unfair I actually think it was a harsh penalty and then what happened on Sunday obviously the game was kind of up already but you know, there has to be something. I understand that safety is paramount, but to retire a car when it's still working, you know, it, it's it's a really... You can understand why Hyundai and Toyota want this rule changed because uh, it could decide a championship. But then the other side of the argument is, well, you know, if the car is unsafe, you know, with these electrical components, we don't want to be able to say it's fine and then suddenly the, the drivers are in danger. Then you've got that other side of the coin whereas, whereas the regulation would say, well, you know, that would have saved the drivers. So it's a, it's such a difficult one for to unravel. But you kind of feel for Elfin and for Oit because their championships have been pretty dented already by something out of their control. Completely. So as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Robin Perro won by twenty two seconds, and yet after the penalty, Evans was eighteen seconds behind. Was he trying to close that? He said he wasn't settling for second then. He was trying to close that gap, and that's what led to the off. I He says that uh, the penalty didn't have a factor in right. his accident, but but you can understand why that you would jump to that conclusion because obviously he was pushing hard, but he was pushing hard. There's no question about that, and you have to push. He would have pushed hard, but then to be fair, he would have pushed hard anyway. Because yeah. he, he would have still been 8.3 seconds behind. So he would have pushed hard anyway on Sunday morning. So that's not, I don't really think that's an argument to be made. But yeah, it's just for Elfin now, I, I don't think he can afford another mistake. I think that's it. I think he has to now be perfect for the rest of the season because 
he's he's already outside of the top ten in the championship. Like it's it, and Robin Pear has got a got a healthy lead over over Neville now. So uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's not a great start for for Elfin, and I feel sorry for him because this one really wasn't his fault. Well. Um, Hold that thought. We're going to come back and talk about the championship and the rest of the finishers as well at Rally Sweden in a moment. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so that difference is 42 points after two rounds that Evans is behind. Uh, he, can, yeah, he can make it up, but there's a long time now between uh, now and Croatia. Uh, a big old gap. He is a professional sports person. He's going to be able to stick that in a box, deal with it, and then put it away. But still, it's a hell of a challenge now to come back and start to close that gap to Rovan Pera, who was so masterful at the weekend. I guess for Evans, at least he's got, he's kind of got this seven-week break, and that actually might be good for him just to sort of take him, take it, you know, forget about what's happened and just start afresh. There's no doubt about what Elfin can do. And we saw last year that he came back from further behind to really to put Ogier into a final round decider. So he, we know it's possible. But for him now, mm. I it's gonna be a difficult one, isn't it? Uh, do you balance, do you have do you go full attack or do you just try and play it safe and bank points and hope that your others your your rivals fall away a little bit and then when you get to a point where you can strike, you really go on the full attack. It's uh it's yeah, I, uh, it's a difficult one. It really is. Um, I guess for him, though, Toyota does appear to have the best car at the moment. So, But again, obviously, Cali's in the same car. So um, he shouldn't have any concerns over his machinery, um, You know, whereas Hindo still have some work to do, but have really made some progress. But I guess we'll see just how much progress they've made when we get to Croatia. Neuville was second in the Hyundai and Especalapi third in the Toyota. Was it the testing between round one and round two that made a difference? Because we came out of Monte Carlo and we said on that podcast, well, you said on that podcast, that the Ford Puma was just looking really, really well put together out of the box. So what's what's happened? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a very good point. We'll come on to M-Sport now, I suppose. And yeah, we'll, let's, let's do that. Let's do, do that we, then. Let's look, look, we, look at the, the, the teams and the cars and, and that development that happened between the first two rounds. Yeah, I guess with M Sport, yes. Um, what a difference in weekends from Monte to, to Sweden. They were supreme in Monte Carlo with a first, a third, and a fifth. Uh, and here, uh, a fifth was was the best that they had. Now, the car, I don't think there was anything wrong with the car in terms of its speed. But from a reliability 
point of view, there were some warning signs, um, certainly some power-related issues, some strange goings-on that weren't able to be explained to us while we were there. So there's definitely some reliability concerns that have cropped up. But also we should make make it clear that Craig Breen really sort of – it was a mistake from him on, on Friday. So uh, he would have been in this fight, I'm pretty sure, um, had he not made the mistake on stage two where he – he already sort of spun into a snowbank and then had a quite bizarre situation where uh, the windscreen washer was firing jets of water onto his screen and it was freezing and impairing his vision. And he uh, sort of had a, a big off later in the stage, mm-hmm. uh, which was then subsequently red flagged to another weird situation where his co-driver accidentally pressed the wrong button, and uh, which which triggers a red flag uh, with an SOS call. So anyway, that side... Um, Gus Greensmith is actually now, if you look at the championship, we take out the Sebastians who won't do the full rounds. He's actually third. Uh, and I, I'd, I would have liked to send the odds on that uh, before <laughs> the start of the season because I don't yeah. think anyone would have said that. Um, so he's actually leading the charge for M Sport at the moment, two fifth places. And he had his, his own troubles in Sweden, some gearbox related issues and uh, running with the snowbank. But to his credit, brought the car home in fifth, got the points. So and that's what you've got to do. So, yes, M Sport, it was, it was a round to forget for them. But I don't think it's sort of time to hit the panic button. I think they will be very much back on the pace in Croatia. I think it was just one of those weekends for them. Moving on to Hyundai, mm. what they've done is quite remarkable. Uh, but it is the result of a lot of work. So uh, Julian Monse, the, the deputy team director, told me in the service park that they'd had one day off since Monte Carlo. So it was a lot of work by the team to get to address the problems. And the test went very well in the snow. So it was a combination of a lot of hard work and a very, very positive test that shows the car, on on snow at least, is very competitive and quite reliable. Because let's remember, Tanak's issue wasn't a fault of the car, it was a fault of the hybrid system. So... Uh, the only issue that they did have was a throttle problem for Oli Solberg, which was a shame because he would have finished fifth had he not had that. That 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 issue is still unexplained. So for Hyundai, the re- reason they're back at the front is because of the, a lot of hard work has gone in uh, since Monte Carlo. And a quick mention of the tech as well, the car. Second time we've seen the Rally 1 cars. Um, and there were some question marks around the hybrid technology as well. Is it a case of, of the regulations not keeping up with the technology in the drivers being, be careful what I say, but unfairly penalised? Like, like all motorsport is an is a individual sport and a team sport, and sometimes drivers get hurt when the tech lets them down or the cars let them down. But is it a case of the regulations haven't caught up with the tech yet and that as you say like two drivers particularly what were penalized when it wasn't their fault like this is new tech this hybrid stuff is we're still getting ahead around it what do you think i guess yeah i i do agree to some to some extent but again you could liken it to a puncture in a tire like that's not you know that's out of your control too you know it's 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 similar you know you you know drivers can get punctures and and be out of rallies because of that so you know there's there's definite elements of play certainly Hyundai and Toyota have called for the regulations to be updated 
Right. Um, whether that is possible or not, I don't know. But there were some meetings with the FIA over the weekend. There's, you know, they want mm. something, or maybe if the regulations can't be updated, maybe compact dynamics. The the suppliers have to make sure that these these units are more stable. Um, I think what Tanak his quote was quite telling. He said that I don't think this box I'm carrying is good enough for rallying. Oh, so um, yeah, it was. Uh, he was not happy, shall we say? Um, yeah. So uh, it will be interesting to see what the reaction is to this. I mean, obviously, new technology. You're always going to get teething issues. So you know, it could be just one of those things where we just have you know the teams just have to bite their lip. Once they get these hybrid units much more stable, you won't have this situation. Uh, again, but there will be concerns, and then maybe it does need to be some sort of um, regulation update, or maybe that there's a, a compact dynamics technician at the end of each stage that can check the units to make sure that if the, if the lights aren't there, it's still safe, or something like that, so it prevents a retirement. Uh, maybe something like that. I just don't know if that's feasible, but um, it does feel like there there could be something that could be done. Okay, uh, before we leave our listeners, uh, we've got a big break now, seven weeks. So coming up, we're going to do a show on tyres very soon. And even though we won't race again on these studded tyres, you had a little look at those up close, actually, over the weekend. Love your social post online. The video was really interesting. These are, to my eyes, they looks like super extreme studs. Um, but, uh, but how was that, uh, having a look at these tyres? Yeah, it was really good actually. I mean, I've you know never really had a chance to have a close up look at these uh, these tyres, and it, it obviously is quite it is quite something when you see what you know what they are. Like these studs are quite significant. Like they really are um, a strange bit of kit. Mm. Uh, I'd certainly like to have a go on on some just to see what the grips like because <laughs> I reckon it would be pretty good. But um, yeah. Really interesting to see, and, and you know, obviously, thanks to Pirelli for uh, letting us do that and actually give us a little tour of how they fit all these tires and how it all works. It was actually really interesting to see. So, yeah, I think well, there's there's something to be said about uh, about these tires because obviously they do have to do an awful lot of work, and we'll certainly have a look at that in the future. I think just finally, one thing we should one point we should just make a couple of points is mm. uh, Espeka Lappi. That was a brilliant effort on his uh, return to the WRC. No one really sort of quite knew how he was going to go and to get a podium and a stage win and lead the rally briefly. Um, yeah, I think he was even surprised by how well he went. So a very good signing there by Toyota. And I think uh, you know, as- any time that you're in a timeshare apartment deal with someone like Ogier, <laughs> you're probably always going to be the person that is, you know, you definitely will be uh, until you've proven yourself the person that is in you know, the shadows a little bit with a lot to prove, but he really did. So this has uh, done him no harm at all. Quite the opposite, actually, yeah. Absolutely. And finally, uh, Rally Sweden got a two-year, new two-year deal that was agreed on Sunday after the event to continue the event in this new location. So it ticked all the boxes for the WRC, the vision, if you get a chance to see it. And there's a great drone vision that we've posted uh, on social media today. Yeah, it was a really lovely location. The city embraced the rally brilliantly. Everywhere you looked, there was posters. Even if, like, uh, even uh, I popped into McDonald's just to grab some uh, a little a little snack. And uh, on the floor, there's a poster. On the walls, there's a poster of a Toyota about the rally. 
Um, I was just sort of thought to myself that even for the British Grand Prix over in here, uh, there wouldn't be a post McDonald's advertising that. So <laughs> they really got behind it there. The Swedes really love their rallying. And um, yeah, I thought the uh, the move was brilliant and the, the people were extremely welcoming and nice. So I'm glad that uh, the championship will be heading back there for another two years. Yeah, the shots of the crowd in some of the places. Um, it was really busy. And, and that's so, so nice to see. Uh, you can check out all of our coverage on autosport.com and motorsport.com as well. Check out the Plus and Prime subscriber areas of our website to read the best writing uh, that we have uh, from Tom and the rally team as we look back on uh, what you described, Tom, as the first chance to assess the next superstar of rallying. Some fascinating uh, long-read stuff in there in our rally section. And if you're not yet a subscriber you can go to autosport.com slash plus uh, motorsport.com slash prime and have a look at uh, what we say we think is the best motorsport writing out there but you be a judge for yourself now big old gap before croatia uh, what are you gonna be filling your time with any uh, rally travel stuff or oh, i don't know if you can talk about it yet because uh, we talk about it off air but there's some stuff happening which i've just realized i didn't check i could ask you on air <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll, we'll we'll keep that a surprise. Okay, right. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Uh, it'll be a surprise. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we've got a, a, a yeah long break, so um, chance to sort of just gather my breath a bit, and um, yeah, we've got a few yeah. uh, exciting little features coming up, which uh, hopefully should uh, fill the gap until then. Yes. Uh, I will say no more, but hopefully it will see you inside a car. But I'll say no more. I'll say no more. Right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like this show, please make sure you share it with a rally fan that you may know uh, that they can hear this. And uh, if you, obviously this is going out on the Autosport channel as well, but uh, if you're not yet subscribed to our Gravel Notes channel, uh, pop into your favourite podcast app, search Gravel Notes, and you get some more rally content in there as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? That was good. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today.
When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text Clay to 203203. Text Clay to 203203 or go to bosley.com. That's bosley.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.